Hello and welcome to another episode of Why can I ever get this right? I get nervous. <laughs> they, the, the, our sound producer Jackson is so wonderful. Says we're gonna, we're gonna record, and I just get nervous. Keep welcome, going. We don't need to edit this. Go ahead. Welcome to another episode of <laughs> Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. I'm Alec Mappa. I'm a hot mess. That's why it's in the title. <laughs> Well, you know, it's straight from the top, which is yeah. good. I'm Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist, multicultural counselor, and here we go. Yeah, yeah, an all-around sweet guy. So um, the theme of the show today is, is sex positivity. Yes, yeah, sex positivity yeah. and self-worth. Yeah. Self-worth. Okay, um, as a former recovering, uh, as well, not former recovering, as a recovering sex and love addict. Yes. Um, it, <clears throat> is it possible to have sex and... I think it's possible to have sex even when you're not feeling good about yourself. It is. I just want to clarify. I'm not the recovering sex. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Yeah. You just preface it did, that I way, say, but... did I say that it was you? <laughs> well, you said as a sex and love recovering. As, as a recovering a sex and love addict, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. We are off to a great start. Okay. So, yes. the uh, Because the question is, if... Uh, you know, is it possible to be having, you know, all kinds of problematic sex that has to mm. do with self-esteem issues, that is mm -hmm. misguided intentions, mm -hmm. but also at other times have sex where that's not the case? Yeah, of course, for sure. Yeah, because I think there's like two sides of the coin. You could you could feel bad about yourself and try to fill yourself up from the outside by having sex. Yes. Or you can feel bad about yourself and not do it at all. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Because and we I, have a yeah. OK, so I'll go ahead. As we talked about before, it's the intention behind what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what we're trying to have the conversation about is just starting to be a little bit more curious and open to consider maybe what are some of the other factors, like the emotional components to why we do some of the things that we do. Mm -hmm. And today, obviously, we're talking about sex and how that mm -hmm. plays out in some of the decisions that we make sexually. Mm. Like, like it became clear to me that I had a problem because I was with somebody who was terrible. Uh -huh. I was with a really uh, man who was it was a man who was not good for me mm -hmm. and I couldn't stop seeing him. Right. And, and, and it wasn't like I had no idea that this is a terrible person or this isn't a wholesome relationship. Right. I just knew I knew it and I couldn't stop seeing him. And then I started to go to SLA. But mm -hmm. back then it was called um, CODA, Codependence Anonymous. Right. And all of a sudden I heard other people objectively speaking about their problems and they all mirrored mine exactly. Right. And it was all like, you're with somebody who's never going to love you because you feel like that's the best you can do. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, 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 and it's also when I realized that a lot of my, my sexual acting out was because I needed the outward validation. Right. And it was never kind of like, I, I don't want to use the term normal, but like sex, like normal people, like typical or what's, I guess what the healthiest way of like, I guess the healthiest way of having sex in my mind is you are attracted to somebody, you yes. feel a physical intimacy, mm -hmm. you want to act on it. Yes. Right? Yeah. If we're having sex with somebody because like everything you just said, if we feel some sort of kind of connection with somebody, even mm -hmm. if it's just like a physical attraction mm. and you want to just be very present in the moment, feel connected, enjoy that from moment to moment, then that's amazing because you're super present about it. And it's about right. the, and it's about that connection in real time. If, however, we find ourselves grasping for something outside of that moment, and if it's, you know, for a lot of us, it's like validation. Oh, you're really sexy. I want the attention. Like, mm -hmm. you know, let's have sex. 
then yeah, then that's going to, then that's a, a different intention. So that's not really then aligned with actually just wanting to feel connected in the moment. So right. it can, for, for a lot of us, we might use sex in that way where we're kind of grasping for attention yes. for a lot of other people. We might be avoiding sex altogether just because of how scary it can be, how intimate it can be, how mm. revealing it can feel. Yeah. And so we might want to avoid that if we're kind of wrestling with some of our own shit and issues around self-worth. Have you ever abstained for any of those reasons? Yes, I wouldn't say in any way wildly significant, like not for great periods of time or anything like that, but I for sure have just not had any interest in having sex with anybody because I was just not feeling my best. Like I wasn't, I wasn't feeling good about who I was. I was having my own insecurities, my own shit getting stirred up. And I just kind of wanted to like avoid and kind of like isolated in general. So sex was definitely a part of that. So was that like 10 days? how very dare you was that a week and change (laughs) no because like i went through (laughs) i i broke up with a boyfriend and the longest period i ever went was Mm -hmm. and our guest today is the fabulous drag entertainer jackie beat yes who's going to talk about this uh the the longest i ever went without having sex was two years and it was because i was going through a breakup And then at one point, I think in the second half of it, I was like, I'm so depressed right now. I'm so sensitive. I can't be that vulnerable. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't, I could not take being that vulnerable. I was just like, uh, I would break. It would just be too, it means too much to me at this point that I couldn't just do it casually. And then after two years, a friend of mine said, listen, you've been going out without it for way too long. You just need to just do it. Just rip the bandaid off and just do it. And it's, you're making it to be a bigger deal than it actually is. And I followed her advice and it was, it changed everything. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Life is a balance of holding on and letting go. And so there are times that we, (laughs) I got real close. That was an ASMR moment. It was an ASMR holding on (laughs) and letting go. But it's true because there are times in a variety of contexts, obviously, especially sexually, too, if we're going through our own shit and it's hard for us to feel comfortable enough to be in, you know, kind of like any moment of sexuality then uh, or of sex, then, of course, give yourself fucking time, like chill out, like breathe, do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. And then at a certain point. There's going to be a moment where we might want to challenge that, but it's not going to be without its resistance and difficulties because we've been out of the practice of it. So Mm -hmm. there's never going to be a perfect time to do it. But when we find ourselves starting to maybe crave it or if we're maybe kind of resisting too much or whatever it is, right? um, that, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for that. I want, I just feel like as I'm talking about this, I just want to throw one kind of asterisk out there, which is that. I'm very aware of kind of uh, how much we're not acknowledging asexual people, perhaps in this conversation. So I do want to just throw <laughs> that out there, Alec, from a different generation. Listen, just because it's not my orientation, it doesn't mean it's not legit. But there it are is a legitimate. And I it, so I just I just want to say because I'm especially for me as I'm speaking about kind right. of, you know, ways of approaching sex. I just want to say anybody who identifies as asexual, this might not be the conversation. Right, right. It's there's no judgments. You know what? I believe that that's a thing. I do believe that there are some people who just aren't sexual, who just kind of like can take or leave it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm not that way. I really like sex a whole lot. For sure. And you seem like a sexual person as well. You're like a really like... um, I'm a very I am a, sexual person. I am a very sexual person. That doesn't mean though that I'm just that I'm like having sex all the time and I do it without any kind of issues and totally comfortably all the time. There are times that it does not feel that way for me. 
And it's also been a lot of, <laughs> there's also been a lot of conscious work in terms of unpacking my own shit, my own shame around sex, especially as a gay man to make sure mm. that I can find opportunities of just being really present and letting go of shame. So I can just have some fucking fun. Yeah. You I mean, I, I check in and out. Like there are certain times where I'm like, you know, I'm exercising a lot right now because I'm yeah. trying to lose the pandemic weight and exercise. You look great, by the way. You're glowing. Thanks, glowing. Thanks. I'm so horny like all the time <laughs> just because of exercising. But there, there were times where it's like, you know, where I was, I gained a whole bunch of weight during the pandemic. And I was like, I don't like when my husband and I both gain weight, neither one of us feels like doing it. Yeah. We're like, mm. Yeah, yeah, love yeah. you. I feel like why? And then my Jamie will actually go. I feel ugly. Like I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to. I don't feel attractive right now. I remember seeing Margaret Cho live in theater, like whatever a lifetime ago, and she had. It was like it was like uh, she had just lost all this weight, and she came uh -huh. on and she's like, "Hello, I'm skinny. I gotta fuck everybody that I can before I put it back on." <laughs> <laughs> well, conversely, I knew I knew somebody. I had a friend in college who had lost a whole bunch of weight. Yeah. And he was super cute yeah. and he got a lot of sexual attention yep. and he, he didn't like it. It can and so be he very put the weight back on again because he was more comfortable kind of keeping people. I was just fascinated by that, yes. that it was just kind of like it wasn't it wasn't his default position. It was outside of his comfort zone to yeah. have sexual attention. A very good, very good friend of mine, kind of a childhood friend of mine. She had lost all this weight. She was, you know, she had been kind of overweight for a number of years, lost all of this weight. And uh, she said that uh, she would just cry all the time because her family treated her a lot better and she was getting a lot more attention and um, and she was like, you know, looking good. But she said, how come nobody loved the other me? And so it just created a lot of depression for her. So, um, yeah, she was this a is bitch not she was heavier. Maybe she was like, she was not. She was sweet <laughs> as pie. We love her. We love her. <laughs> well, listen, we have a great guest today. Um, if you've tuned in for the very first time, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome. Don't forget to download and subscribe. This is the Hot Mess Podcast, where we are solving the world's problems one hot mess at a time. Yes. And when we come back after these very special messages, we'll have our fantastic guest, Jackie Beat. We're so looking forward to talking with our guest today. She has been performing in drag for over 30 years, entertaining audiences with her song parodies and razor sharp wit. During the quarantine, she was busier than ever doing several shows a week online to keep us laughing. Throughout her incredible career, she has written for comedy greats like Joan Rivers, Roseanne Barr, Sandra Bernhardt, and countless others. She's an incredible force and a dear friend of mine. Please welcome Drop Dead Gorgeous, Larger Than Life, World Famous Drag Superstar, Jackie B. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Uh, hello. <laughs> hello. Thanks for doing the program, Jax. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, you are so lucky to have so many crazy friends to bring <laughs> on the show, you know? Like we're not supposed to say crazy anymore. Oh, uh, at, at Brandeis University, that's like one of the verboten words is crazy oh. and guys. You're not supposed to say, hey, guys, because yeah. it assumes the gender yeah. of every and yeah. crazy. You can't. Uh, crazy is like a pejorative well, now. I was touring recently, obviously, before the pandemic uh, with Dita Von Teese, you know, mm. so it's this old school burlesque show, you know, totally vintage, you know, and I would go out and say, you know, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It, and at one point she said, Jackie, somebody told me you can't say ladies and gentlemen anymore. And I'm like, but this is like, you know, a wrinkle in time. What am I supposed to do? Walk out and go, hey, everybody, like we're at a fucking garage sale. 
<laughs> but I understand inclusivity. I have to say, listening to you guys talk, I was on mute and, you know, in the green room, if you will. And I just wanted to jump in and say so much while you guys were talking. Ooh. Love it. Love it. Well, now's your chance. Yeah. What was it? What was what was jumping out oh, at all you? All sorts of stuff. First of all, I thought, you know, like abstaining from sex completely or having way too much sex mm -hmm. is very similar, obviously, to like an eating disorder. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yep. you know, you're either starving yourself or you're, you know, going overboard just all sorts of stuff that I was thinking of. And, and I was thinking, I was really like, I don't know if you've seen Instagram pictures from like back in the 80s and 90s, but I was really hot for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and I mean, like just such a cutie, like the time, you know, I, I'm thinking back to like walking into, you know, the gay bar and like everybody was like, zoinks, you know, mm -hmm. and very artistic and creative. So then it had that little spin. Mm -hmm. But I could never like live up to that, like someone lusting after me uh. because I was a lousy lay. I'm going to just, you know, <laughs> I was a great boyfriend, but I was more and I hate to, you know, use stereotypical gender labels and, you know, descriptions, but I was just more girly. I fell in love. I, I wasn't into one night stands. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, you like what you like, but. Anyway, I just, um, so like I said, I was hot for about 20 minutes uh -huh. and I just really didn't like the way it made me feel in, in, in a certain way. And that's sort of when I started to gain weight and then I started doing drag and, you know, I was still the center of attention, but in a different way. Right. Anyway, so. I've heard it described as demisexual where you can't have sex where you don't have a, a, an emotional feeling or a romantic feeling for somebody. And are you what it sounds to me like the environment you you were in didn't support that kind of sensitivity or that kind of well, feeling. Listen, if we are going to be completely honest. Yes. They're just physical things about myself, no matter how much weight I lost. And um, that I couldn't change and that I thought. See, first of all, people put value on stuff. And there are classic physical attributes, and especially within the gay community that, you yes. know, people are into. But I used this analogy the other day. It's like, you know, some white guy who's into Latinos, like, let's say he specifically really loves Latin guys. Mm -hmm. And you see these white guys, and then they dye their hair jet black. They think, since I'm attracted to this, I need to do that. Mm -hmm. But everyone's different. And even yeah. if 98% of people are attracted to a certain kind of body style, yeah. you're just always better off being yourself. Well, which is which is challenging, especially for us gay guys and in the queer community, too, because we grow up with so much shame and just feeling so negatively about ourselves that we project so much importance then onto our physical selves, where we then think we have to look a certain way. It's the whole Adonis complex. And, you know, there's only kind of one way of looking attractive. Velvet and rage. Velvet rage. And then that also translates into how we're connecting with each other sexually, that we keep everything so surface because we're afraid of exposing ourselves to each other, but we still need to feel connected with each other. So it becomes like, well, sex will be that way. And then it's a hypersexualized community. It makes it hard for us to then feel emotionally connected and comfortable in sex. I know I've struggled with that because that's how I like to connect with people in order to feel safe with sex. 
but it makes it hard because then there's just this constant barrage of just like, well, you have to be like this and you have to fuck like this and it has to be this way. And it becomes very like porn-like and intimidating. Well, I mean, yeah, porn is a huge problem slash blessing. But when you were saying that about when you grow up gay, it's not, it's also like, you just have to be the best at everything. Yeah. You just have to please mm-hmm. love me, especially, yes. you know, mommy and daddy, please love me. I'm getting good grades. I'm behaving. I'm a good kid and I'm worthy of your love, mm. you know, and yeah. somewhere along the line, I'm going to sit down and tell you something about myself. And hopefully I have been such a good person that yeah. you won't reject me. Right. So we, we just, you know, over, you know, like, you know, you got to be successful and just be this a type personality and it does kind of go into sex. Yeah. Like yeah. Overcompensating I mean, people. Yeah, that was me. That was me with my, and you know, you talked about uh, abstaining from sex for a really long time. I was a sex and love addict for at least 20 years. I mean, the, the, the intention behind it was the validation was the um, love me, love me, love me. Um, I was going over the notes today from our producer and there were things that kind of surprised me. Um, Cause I've heard you talk about your mom in passing and she sounded like a really magical person. I know you've, mm. you've posted, she was an Italian immigrant. Am I correct? She was from Italy and she sounded really earthy. I I always imagine like Sophia Loren or Anna Magnani. Well, because she looked like that. Yeah. She literally looked Mm. like a movie star. And when Mm. you're made up, you kind of like, when you wear the darker hair, you look like an Italian Mediterranean beauty as well. Um, Thank you. And then when in the notes, it said that your mom was kind of like prudish or squeamish when it came to body type stuff. Well, yeah, it it was. That was a surprise to me. In a certain way, she was very earthy and sort of lusty and all her, well, I don't think lusty is the right word. <laughs> she was just very earthy. Sensual? And, I mean, well, she had big boobs and you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like she, she was sensuous in her mm-hmm. own way. And she, you know, I grew up, my best, my, my mom and dad's best friends were a gay couple in Scottsdale, Arizona in the mm. 60s and 70s. Oh, so cool. that was always... You know, like no big deal. She was thrilled to have a gay son. She oh, knew that's amazing. Four. We would sit in bed watching the Carol Burnett show and share. And but when it came to like bodily functions and sex, she was a bit of a prude. And I am the same way, which is crazy when you think of the stuff I sing about. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, like, you wa- like uh, the first song I ever heard you sing was um, a, a parody of Sade's uh, Smooth Operator, and the song was Poo on Me Later. Yeah. <laughs> that was the very About, first job. And you I was think like, you've, You think you've met Mr. Wright, and then, you know, later <laughs> on in the night, he whispers that into your ear. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like, so is your scatological humor like, uh, is it rebellious? Is it a way, is it like the, is just the shocking to, is like shocking the little kid or your is it mom? Like a, or? Is it like a way to reclaim sexuality? Like you just go full throttle on it? Like what is Well, it? first of all, I don't think anything scatological is sexual <laughs> to me. I do not <laughs> judge anyone. Not I that really we're any poop people. We're, we're not shaming. <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer, we're not, don't cancel we're No us. fetish shaming. We're not no, when it, it when it comes to like my material, I can't overthink it and give myself too much credit. I'm just sort of a hack. And the eight-year-old boy in me, mm-hmm. I just think people sit down and they just want to laugh at things that everybody experiences. Yeah. So yeah. shitting yourself, yeah. Yeah. you know, like a lousy sexual experience. I mean, yeah. a lot of it just, you know, I jokingly say my show should be called Because It Rhymes. 
<laughs> you know, I put it on the oldie station and just yeah. try to think of the most disturbing way to ruin a song. Yeah. But circling back, you said that you have some of your mother's characteristics in that the kind of like squeamishness about body stuff, or I, I don't know if that's the proper word. But well, do you let think me tell that, you. I do you think that affected for- you sexually later on? Because I remember you telling me a story one time that you saw a porn video in college. And it was like fisting and you just started crying. Oh, well, it didn't. It's yes. The first gay porn I ever saw, I was watching and it was like, oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this is great. And then all of a sudden it turned into a fisting scene and I started crying because I thought (laughs) this is what this is about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like 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 crying because like, oh, is that what I'm going to have to do or just like, I can't believe that this is what a person does. Like, <laughs> it would just seem so far-fetched or what? what's the word I want to say? But yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Here's, here's, here's an example that I told your producer, you know, yesterday in the, the pre, preliminary. This is a very professional show. <laughs> they mm-hmm. talked to you before. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, when I was young, I, you know, my mother told my boyfriend, uh, no, my boyfriend, Freudian backflip. No, my mother sat me down with my brother and said, when you boys are peeing, you need to aim for the side of the toilet bowl, the porcelain, not the water, because nobody outside wants to hear that sound. Oh, wow. And then she said things like, these couples who go to the bathroom in front of each other, where's the mystery? That's disgusting. And I totally agree with that. Right. Like, I'm the type of person that if you come over to my house and walk into the bathroom right now, there is not a single tissue, not a single Q-tip in the wastebasket in the bathroom. That's true. My life is a fucking art directed movie set. Yeah. <laughs> you would think I'd be in better shape, you know, because I'm such a control freak. So I don't know if any of that makes sense. It does, but it's interesting because it's kind of like a double whammy then because, you know, just to start off, you're already coming from a family, especially with your mom, who is just so incredibly conservative about how much you reveal about yourself. Even the sound of your urination like should not be heard. Right. And Uh. all precautions to avoid that. And certainly no conversations about sex, which only helps to kind of like create this shame around really normal like human functioning like that's just what our bodies do Mm. so there's shame around that that we're gonna want to try to like you know hide and then uh, growing up gay too i mean we just continue to learn how to hide you know a variety of uh who we are and so like yeah good luck having gay sex are you shy jackie are you are you a shy person oh my god yes (laughs) oh my god no Ask Sherry Vine, Mario Diaz, my best friends, like, I will go, I will drop dead before I fart in really? front of anyone. Can you pee at a urinal? No. <laughs> I can pee anywhere. I like, my ex was really pee shy. <laughs> my ex is really pee, like, he could not pee in a urinal. Yeah, like, God forbid we too. would go to a bar where it had one of those troughs. <laughs> oh, forget it. I'm not yeah. peeing at all. No, I can't. No. I couldn't if I tried. No. You will turn yellow and die. I'm pee bold. I, I'll pee anywhere. I'm pee. I'm pee brave. I'm not pee no, shy. I just, yeah, no, it's it's not. Yeah, it's not good. Um, <laughs> I've never heard you fart. That's true. You're not farty. I just, I don't know. To me, it's just like, those are sort of 
I don't know how to. These are the it. things I, that you keep to yourself. It's These not are the just things to be conservative. It's kind of ugly, and it's just like you know. I I wish yeah. I was a robot and I could just I change it, the filter. I think farts you know? are hilarious. I love the sound. I do. Of I do too. Of course, farts are yeah. hilarious <laughs> until you you know until it happens in real until time. Until a layer of skin starts peeling off and you get a free perm. <laughs> so Jack, Jackie, I'm. <laughs> Matt, do you fart in front of your friends? I do. I used to be a lot more open about like burping and farting because yeah. I was just like, whatever, who cares? Yeah. But I've realized how many people I would put off. And I was like, okay, I really need to talk. Okay, so back. like you just went on a vacation with a bunch of guys. You're telling yeah. me you didn't fart or burp the whole time? I, I'm, I might have, but I did it real discreetly. I think it's a real <laughs> yeah. icebreaker. I love it. So, Wait, Jackie, I'm curious. Okay, so, um, you know, you were talking about, you know, kind of a moment that you had where you felt like you were getting attention, and but then there was a lot of anxiety okay. that was coming up around sex. Um, you were also telling our producer, we were kind of like talking about where you went for a pretty long period of time where you just didn't have sex at all. Yeah, well, okay, first of all, I have to say that I was obviously sort of addicted to relationships also because uh. I do remember back then I broke up with a boyfriend and the next day I had a new boyfriend. Mm. Like it was kind of like even I had to have an out-of-body experience and go, this is a little weird. So I was kind of addicted to that feeling of, you know, like, oh, I'm a valid person because I have this gorgeous boyfriend. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. But I never felt like I deserved it. It wasn't based on an actual connection in a way, which sounds terrible to say out loud. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I just sort of thought like, oh, I can't handle this. And I was a chubby kid also. So it's mm -hmm. important to know. I was a chubby kid. And then I sort of, you know, moved to LA and came out of the closet and blossomed and was, you know, stylish and good looking. And so I had my moment, but mm -hmm. that wasn't, I felt like, oh, this isn't the real me. Uh, so I just kind of pulled away and I started to gain weight because I didn't want the attention, I guess. I mean, huh. I don't know. It's also sort of my natural physical inclination. Right. And food is totally my drug of choice. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like mm -hmm. I don't I've never done cocaine in my life. People are shocked to hear that as a drag queen. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've had my moments with booze, but I haven't had a drink and maybe 20 years because it gives me a migraine headache. So I feel blessed that I nipped that in the bud. Right. So my point is I started gaining weight and then I really did come up with this character of Jackie beat. So I could walk into a gay bar and still be the center of attention and still be wanted, mm -hmm. but nobody wants to sleep with that. Nobody wants to wake up, you know, next to that. Mm -hmm. So I thought in your opinion, in my because, opinion, because and there are a lot of drag queens who get laid well, all the time. Yes, that's, that's very true. The plot all shapes twist. and sizes. So that's the plot twist. I went like 20 some years, literally Whoa. just shut down. And it wasn't like I was asexual because I right. felt, you know, I would be like, oh, my God, I love this. And that's so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I will never. Were you have still that. having sex with yourself? Yes, of course. OK. Oh, my great. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, but the character, just clarifying for the listeners, the character was really like, well, not just the character, me, but, you know, I was truly bitter and mm -hmm. like angry mm -hmm. because and I, you know, anyone who was getting laid was stupid. Anyone oh. who was getting laid is is like, oh, God, you know, 
you're just the, a cliche gay guy and mm. how gross. And I'm glad I don't, you know, so it was all about like trying to make myself, you know, like invulnerable. I'm I came mm. up with an idea for a song. I'm too cool for, uh, I'm too smart for sex, but I can play dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, if you think about it, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so anyway, here's my point. Yeah. So I went over 20 years, just sort of being like, it's not even an option. I'm just wow. going to be one of these people. Yeah. And then Sherry Vine, my best friend. So you, wait, also, I'm going to stop you for a second. Yes. That's a conscious decision on your part. It's just not something I'm going to participate in. I'm going to shut down that part of myself. And the second part of that question is, there wasn't any kind of event that preceded it, like an experience that like, that's enough. That's it. This is where well, I draw the line. I, I kind of felt rejected. Mm-hmm. You know, by by my very first boyfriend, I felt like, you know, it didn't it just sort of, you know, like I I don't know how to explain it. It just I felt rejected, like unwanted. That's, that's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's unwanted, like deeply wounded. Yeah. And like, you know, it, it's difficult to know that. And I know that like a lot of things turn into friendship. Mm-hmm. But, you know there's this initial lust and then I just, I'm not good at keeping that alive, you Mm. know, for a long time or I don't know Mm -hmm. how to explain it. I'm just, um, well, I think that that makes sense to me because, you know, if you're in a relationship and like you were saying too, you connect the way, the primary way that you connect is emotionally. And so you're really kind of invested in that way. And to Mm -hmm. have a relationship like that, then come to an end, that's going to create a lot of deep, wounds because you know an ending of a relationship always does and so to to feel that really kind of deeply or severely too i can imagine would be really motivating for you to just say like fuck this i'm gonna close up shop well i sort of i said it earlier and it sounds you know i'm very all about these you know like couch phrases and sound bites i felt like i was a lousy lay but a terrific boyfriend Mm. and i just felt you know when i was in my mid-20s and it was just all about I mean, especially in like the, you know, the late 80s and early 90s. I mean, if you just look at like, there were not bears yet. Uh -uh, There were, but they were like, fuck you. Don't even look at me, you fat fuck. I mean, seriously, it was like, oh, you're 40 years old. It's all over for you. Get Mm. out of here. I wasn't 40 at the time. That was the mentality in the gay world i mean it wasn't as bad as in the 70s it was already getting a little better but if you didn't didn't fit in the washboard abs and the fucking you know everything on the checklist and you know anyway so So sherry introduces you after 20 years sherry vine is kind of pushing you towards like (laughs) well we were performing in tel aviv Mm -hmm. and sherry is a slut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Sherry is like, you've got to get this hookup app. And I was like, I am not interested. This is not me. And she shows me the, she goes, look at this. She holds it up. And it was like a picture of one of the guys on uh-huh. the app. I was like, how do I do this? <laughs> She's like, you are going to be on the other side of the planet. Yeah. No one knows you. I know you. You're so easily embarrassed. And you've got like this weird pride. She's like, you just like, they just come over and it's fun. And I, Mm -hmm. so I 
got the app. And <laughs> the last night in Tel Aviv, this, you guys. Beautiful. I mean, right, like the blueprint of my lust. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Gorgeous, straight, Israeli mm. guy comes mm-hmm. to my hotel room. And <laughs> for the first time in a long time, you know, had a lot of fun. He leaves and the phone goes, doo-doo-doo-doo. I didn't know how I had never worked this app. There's another guy saying, what hotel room? Me here. <gasps> oh, I'm fixing my makeup. Cause this is in drag. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a big part of the story. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I fix my makeup and he, I tell him the room number. This guy doesn't knock. He's literally like trying to open the door. Oh, wow. I let him in. He's like six, five Israeli muscle soldier, Ugh. blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so two in one night, she was making up for lost wow. time. Now, now, wait, two things. One, yes. uh, I, I heard that I was there, a witness of you actually breaking your cold spell. Like I was there. Oh, on the like, cruise ship? On the cruise ship. And yeah, I was like, was... I wish I'd known. Otherwise, I would have bought a bottle of champagne or something. That was the first time you had done it in 20 years? That was me dipping my toe into it. And okay. I can't even tell you exactly how it all happened, you know, like looking back. So, okay. so <laughs> That sounds Alec... like more than dipping just a toe. But... I know. <laughs> how did it feel? Well, I want to know how that felt okay, after all Alec that time. And, yeah, really. Alec and I were performing on a gay cruise. Mm-hmm. And... Near the end of the cruise, I don't even know if you were there. I don't think you were there. I think I might have been with Brad Lokely or someone else. You came to sit down at the table, and this is what you said. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. I was in a pizza place All right. on the ship. Yes, yes. There's a pizza like... parlor. It's this gigantic ship, and in the middle of it is a mall that looks right. like a city. And on the bottom floor, there's a pizza parlor so where you I'm stole sitting... a lot of plates. Yes, yes, we did, because they were red triangular pizza plates and you know yeah. anyway so i sold them at a garage sale because i figured like i don't need these ah my <laughs> god so we're sitting there at the pizza place and one of the crew members mm-hmm. the most gorgeous big black guy with a smile that would you know just oh my god like mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. so we're all sitting there talking and he makes some offhanded comment about how he's a masseur and I said, don't tell me that. He's like, why? And I said, because I never get touched. <gasps> he gets up and he starts like uh, in the restaurant, you know, in the pizza place, scalp massage, my neck, my shoulders. I'm moaning and groaning. He uh-huh. starts moving down to uh, mama's childbearing uh, hip. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and I said, oh, honey, no, 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 no. And he's like, what? And I said, oh, I hate that part of my body. And he's like, oh, fuck you. I've worked on every kind of body there is. And he just went to town and he's like, you know, this would be much better in your stateroom with my oil. Whoa. And I said, well, that's not going to happen, but keep going. <laughs> you know, just do my head massage. And, my shoulders. <laughs> and at one point he said it again. He's like, you know, this really doesn't work here. I said, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so we go back to my stateroom. And I mean, this is from this really mm. was over 20 years of nothing. Mm. And here I am in my stateroom. With a hot black guy. With the most gorgeous hunk of man who mm-hmm. says, I don't care what kind of body I, you, you know, you deserve, you know, this. Ugh. So 
I am lying down on the bed. And he's like, you can't wear your shirt. So I take my shirt off, but I'm face down. So, you know, I mean, whatever, I'm fat. Mm-hmm. So he's just doing it. And then like, I'm laying face down and he walks up <laughs> and his crotch is right in my face. And I think uh-huh. I made a little joke and he's like, do whatever you want. <gasps> Was there anything covering it at that moment? I think there was maybe not. I can't remember. I think the moment he said, do whatever you want. I think I just pulled the shorts. Un- uncovered. And, and how, then, did that, how did that feel? Did and then feel mama like- went to town. Oh, yeah, here's yeah. another thing. And this is what I told Mario and Sherry. The thing I missed most was at one point he laid on top of me because, okay, I have to go full disclosure. Yeah. All right. I'm not into fucking. Okay. Okay. So By call- fucking, you mean anal? I'm not into anal. Okay. Like at all. Okay. Yeah. At and there's all. A, all right. And there's a long story about that, but it's a boyfriend who decided to get me over my mental block yeah, while yeah. I was asleep. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, that's mm. not, that's trauma. There's a word for yeah. that, that's trauma. but I try not yeah. to, you know, it's, I, that's, that's yeah. trauma. So anyway, and it's just like so much preparation and I'm just not into it. And like, you know, so anyway, so I'm aside. That's Mm -hmm. what you're not a top, you're not a bottom, you're a side. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, (laughs) I was saying to you know, people, I said the part that I missed most was having the full weight of a man on top of me. Mm. Because at one point he came up behind me and he was doing my back and then Mm -hmm. he just laid down on top Mm -hmm. of me and I literally almost cried. Uh, Like that full body contact. Mm. Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, that was fun. I was having dinner with you and a bunch of performers. And you you came to the set, you came and you said, I'm sorry, I'm late. I staggered in like with stars and birds. You had stars, you were like all glowy. And then I was like, yay. And then you, but I I remember saying, you look like you just got late. And you would, because I did. That's crazy. Yeah, you were all glowy. So now you, what? what So hold on, because I'm a little unclear on the timeline. Is this the first time that you're having? Yeah, that was the first time. Okay. Oh wow. So how did that? How did that feel? I will say this. I can't remember if. Yeah, I think I did. I was trying to think if I came. Yes. Oh my god! I didn't even want to say the word. (laughs) If you saw my show, you would be like. Really, you are the most disgusting person, and you can't within a normal. <laughs> well, that's the dichotomy about you: is that your stage persona is you are invulnerable yeah. and you are the biggest bitch in the world. I mean, that's who the character of Jackie B is. But off stage, you're this very sensitive person. Well, it's safer to and, do it in character. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, what what I heard in 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 the description of this. And it kind of broke my heart because I've done this. Is this kind of based on your own perception of things? There's like a self rejection. You know, totally. I mean, uh, in, in not it. doing something in not doing something, it's kind of like you almost like predict, oh, you're not going to be interested in me because of A, B, C and D. And the weird thing is, I've done that with my career and my creativity. Yes. Like, yes. oh, a little of this goes a long way. And, you know, like, yeah, it's crazy because right before we did this, my ex-boyfriend sent me a big envelope full of all these poems and things that I had written him. He was like, Um, I've held on to these forever and I think it's time to let them go. Do you want them? And I mean, I mean, like hundreds of poems. Oh my gosh. These little books and like funny little cartoons. And one thing that was in there for some reason was a Will and Grace spec script that I wrote in the 90s. Oh, wow. And while I was having my coffee, I was reading the script and I was like, and you guys, I'm serious. I got mad. I was like, 
this is fucking good. Not only is this really good, they did this storyline like where oh, they're dating oh. the same they're dating the same guy. And I remember back in the day thinking, I must not be a good writer because no one's responding to this. Oh, and yeah. I was reading this script this morning thinking this could be on TV right now. This could be an episode mm, of Will and Grace. Yeah. And this is good and just because nothing happened with it so do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, like, I know exactly I what you're saying. I kind of was like, oh, I guess I'm no good. It's easy for us to, to find a, a few examples here and there, which we convince ourselves is like the best evidence of why we should not be taking any kind of real meaningful risks and putting ourselves out there and being vulnerable. And then right. we do kind of what we call foreboding joy, where it's like, right. oh, well, no, that's not going to happen. So, you know, I shouldn't. And it's a way of just protecting ourselves from having to be exposed to other things that feel like disappointment or rejection. Yeah. Or, I, I want to know. Well, uh, let me just say one ahead. thing, and this is going to seem so off track, but All there's right. a documentary called The Donut King. It's about this Cambodian refugee who oh, came yeah. here and opened yeah, a donut place. It's so easy when you grow up here and you live here to think, I couldn't possibly own my own business. Yeah. Like this must be some weird secret that like rich people or successful people, this guy came over with nothing. Mm -hmm. And when you come over with nothing, the American dream seems available. Mm -hmm. And like, he just worked really hard and literally saved every penny and opened one donut place. Mm -hmm. And woke up at four in the morning every day for years. Then it was a second one. Then he helped other Cambodian guys, mm -hmm. uh, families, and, you know, open these places. So it's it's like that. It's like it's hard to think that things like that you can be successful or you can find love. You In a way, it's kind of like. Oh, this is for other people. Yeah, it wasn't the it wasn't the story you were telling yourself. Right. And what and what you had said earlier, too, is that, you you know, that, um, you know, of course, we're talking about sex and sex positivity and the shame and all that stuff. But and also I had to throw the, donuts in and mm -hmm. donuts and donuts. Mm -hmm. no, but like overall, so, like the the larger theme of it, just really all summing back to self-worth and then how that, you know, how that manifests and plays itself out in a variety of contexts, in this case, sex. So how how did you then because it sounds like, you know, you've had a lot to process and become aware of and you've made changes. So how did, how did, how were you able to kind of overcome some of those emotional hurdles so that, you know, you could actually like open your life back up? Yeah, sexually? that's a great, that's exactly well, what I was going to ask. Well, okay. First of all, oh my God, this is so crazy. A big part of this is just getting to be a certain age and all mm -hmm. of a sudden it hits you. What's important? Mm -hmm. What's not important? Mm -hmm. Who cares what somebody else thinks? If somebody rejects you, I mean, it's a numbers game. When I'm on this app, it is a numbers game. If you're not into it, move on. Yeah. But you would be shocked at how many people want this fucking unicorn. <laughs> like specifically what I am, which is big, like mm -hmm. very curvy, like painted. I Sometimes I'm like, oh, what kind of, I'm going to do my makeup. Like I don't, you know, I, I do my makeup for a show and then mm -hmm. maybe I'll hook mm -hmm. up with a guy after the show just to yeah. make, you know, and I'll be like, <laughs> I'm going to do my makeup. What do you prefer? Smoky, kind of sexy, uh, natural mm. or rock and roll whore? Oh. They always <laughs> say rock and roll whore. <laughs> they, want, they want that larger than life persona. Yeah. 
So here's my point, like these guys, and there's a part of me that's like, is this pathetic that I only trick in drag? And I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. this is like Mm -hmm. somebody saying, I love the feeling of the swimming pool, but I'm going to wear my t-shirt. Like, or a leather queen, you know, like I want to wear my chaps. It makes me feel sexy. It makes me feel powerful. And the fact that this guy, like a guy shows up and they're just like, oh my God, you're a goddess. You're gorgeous. So here's my point. And then they start saying things like, I mean, the fact that they love things that I have, like, I consider my Achilles heel. Mm. Like they will send me, I'm going to be perfectly honest now. Okay. We're going to be real. They'll send me a dick pic. Uh Uh And then you never know who you're dealing with. Is this a guy who just wants the fantasy and we're going to pretend like I'm really a woman and they just get service? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am looking for more than that now because I'm like, what about me? Yeah. So, and so are, are you are you are you open about that? Are you like yes. really oh, clear yes. and direct? Yeah, that was my to... question. Was like, how has this how is this experience of being a, a sexual person again? How has that changed you? It, it, you're saying it's well, opened you up to the idea of a relationship again. Well, I think it's. Let's get to that in a second. Okay. Because I'm still talking about nuts and bolts. So okay. now I'm looking, I have to carefully <laughs> like ask them, what are you into? Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yes. because, and then I'll say, I'm really not into fucking because it's right after a show and that takes too much preparation and too much commitment. And they'll be like, oh, I see your point. And I'm like, so I'm into oral only. And if a guy will return the favor, he goes to the top of mama's list. Good. So that yes. immediately, immediately. So then they send a dick pic and they'll yeah. be like, now you send a pic. And I'm like, oh God, here we go. So now I just have these <laughs> things, these like, I go, well, it's nothing compared to yours, but it comes with this. Whole, and they're like, oh, I'm totally into it. Yeah. So here's my point. Yes. I know this sounds crazy, but no. I just need to say it out loud because it really is the key to all of it. Mm-hmm. These guys are like, I don't want a huge cock. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I love that fat ass. Yes. Like they are praising me and getting off. For all the things that you thought were liabilities before. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Are now assets. They they see them as assets. That these things that you were you were kind of rejecting yourself for, they're like, that's fucking hot. I love that. Like, wait a minute. Are you serious? You want this? Over the top, clowny, older, fat. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't believe that's exactly what they're fucking looking for. So when they show up, they are like in love. I love it. The fact is, is that uh, first of all, yes, there is, you know, a flavor for fucking everybody. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. And the fact that you at a baseline, just, just on your own, are so open, are so direct, are so clear. You do it in your own kind of like specific artful way, but you're just so like really honest about it, about all the things that you want, all the things that you're looking for. That automatically reinforces the fact that who you are and the things that you like sexually are totally healthy, are totally great. And so that's what combats our kind of shame and right. our sex negativity right. and promotes sex positivity. And then of right. course, obviously icing on the cake when other people are like, yes, I'm down, let's do it. I know, so yeah, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing a lot of integrity with this. I feel like uh, what I'm hearing from you is like, it's really lining up with who you are 
and you're not doing anything that you don't want to do. No, that's a big part of it. Yeah. If they want something, you know, I put in my profile like, oh, you know, make all your cougar slash milf fantasies come true because I just know that that's something that so many straight guys and again, labels. And, but like, I'm not going to be, I'm not like, sub, I'm not a sub and I'm not mm-hmm. going to do these over the top scenarios. I act for a living. You know, this is supposed to be fun, but if yeah. you want to pretend like you're a neighbor who came over to do some chores and my husband forgot to leave cash and I have to figure out a way to pay you. I mean, that's easy. That's easy, but no, I will not. And if a guy like flakes on me, yeah, no matter how gorgeous and how amazing his body and, you know, no matter what he's swinging, I'm like <laughs> block. Yeah. Okay. Fuck me over once. I don't, I'm not going to be. I love that. I really do want to have you on the show again, Jackie, yeah, because yeah, we, yeah. Uh, this is weird. I feel like this conversation is just starting. So usually we end the show. We ask our guests to uh, give a hot message. And my question is knowing what you know now and where you are right now, what would you tell yourself 10 years previously? the person who would like shut down and say, that's not for me. I'm not going to do that. Uh, Good question. Well, I mean, I got to be perfectly honest. That person wasn't ready to hear it. Mm. So I don't know if it would matter, but just, I really feel like, and it's very similar to my career because now it's, you know, drag race, very young, you know, these people like just have faith in yourself and Mm. have faith that you are, really just not only okay Mm -hmm. as exactly as you are, but for somebody, maybe quite a few somebodies, fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like really what maybe you're the blueprint of their lust. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's these younger drag queens, you know, that have a million followers and they can't put a fucking sentence together. And I'm not even being shady. And then you have me over 30 years writing for legendary people and like, I'm sorry, I'm fucking funny mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, I can fucking sing and I'm really good at what I do. Right. But you know what? I'm not the McDonald's of drag and I'm not mm-hmm. the McDonald's of sex. Mm-hmm. I am a fucking <laughs> filet mignon. So when you can afford it, I love it. Well, Jackie, you are, I really do. I love seeing you perform. If you've never seen a Jackie Beat show, do yourself a favor. You are a one of a kind talent. You are an amazing singer and, and one of our great wits. And um, where can people find you on, and a great friend. You're a really, really good friend. Oh, sweetheart. Um, thank you. I just want to say that singing is the second best thing I can do with this throat. Yeah. <laughs> when I, I just, I just remember like when my dog passed away years ago, you were one of the first people that reached out and I was mm. always so touched by that. And I, I just love that sensitivity about you. Where can people find you on your socials? Um, I am at Jackie Beat. B-E-A-T, what I'm going to do to your face if you get my name wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's on, on, you know, yeah, please follow me because you heard me bitching earlier about these people with a million followers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jackie B, I really give good, I give, you know, really good Twitter and Instagram and yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for doing yeah. the program today. Thank you, oh, Jackie. Oh, honey. Thanks, you guys, for having me. We'll have you on a ro- again you. real yes. soon. Bye-bye. Yes. Okay, bye. Wow, Matt. 
That was like I could have like talked for another hour. I yeah, mean, I, I was. Too. I feel like we were just scratching the surface of like yes. the whole kind of like. And I've done this too, uh, of 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 telling yourself, convincing yourself that that's not the road for you, and yeah. making it's, it's almost like what you're doing is you're denying yourself the possibility of a greater reality because you're second guessing what other people think. Yeah, exactly. It's it's easy. I'll say this will be my hot message because okay. it's easy to tell ourselves those stories. That's what you're describing, right? Like, oh, well, nobody's going to want this, or this isn't going to be okay, or I'm not ready, or whatever. But it's a hundred percent okay to take whatever time it is that we need to take away from, you know, kind of putting ourselves out there or taking any of those risks sexually or otherwise, but also just let's be honest about what that might be. Right. Mm -hmm. that, like I'm scared or I just don't feel emotionally ready for it. Or, you know, right. this is a little too intimidating. So I'm going to give myself, make it conscious and intentional. I'm going to give myself this time to just do my own thing. And then when we get to another point, then when maybe it feels like that can potentially be, you know, nudged a little bit mm -hmm. and we can do it a little bit more effectively. So yeah, that's I think my that's, message. I think that's the thing is like, you know, and I'll piggyback on that because I always do because you're big. Um, I always think about you getting hit by a car in Crescent Heights and just getting up and walking away. I'm like, this guy's a Mack truck. Um, just be gentle with yourself. Yeah. It's that thing is like being intimate physically or emotionally takes vulnerability yeah. and vulnerability takes great bravery. Much and if you're not in a place to take on whatever, I mean, Jackie said earlier, you know, I could take it or leave it. It's a numbers game. It's nothing personal. Yeah. It takes a lot of self-confidence to get to that place. And, and you're the expert on you. You'll know whether or not you're ready for that. Yeah, I agree. Where can people find you on your socials? Matthew Dempsey. <laughs> you can find me at MJ Dempsey Psych on Instagram and Twitter and Matthew J. Dempsey Psychotherapy on Facebook. You can find me at Alec Mop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find us at The Hot Mess Pod. Yes. On Instagram. Yes. DM us, follow us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We talk about the real stuff every week, but we want to talk about it in a fun way yeah. to take the stigma out of talking about mental health. Yep. Tune in next week. And we'll have more hot mess fun. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. This has been a Stage 29 podcast production. The podcast is executive produced by Patty Chiano, Lafern Cusack, and Stephanie Kaysen. Our audio editors are Jackson Ruff and Jonathan DeMatty. Callie Kelts is the social media producer. And a special thanks to the rest of our podcast crew, Rwani Horinige, William Cusack, Lisa Clark, Katie Brown, and Morgan Kaler. This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice, do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please go to stage29.tv.